Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Carlo Bellotti, who runs Wormhole Death Records, Epictronic Records, and at a grander scale, Carlo Bellotti Publishing, the big umbrella company, which handles all facets of music production, promotion, publishing, recording, music marketing. I even saw English lessons, so that's why your English is so good. And today, we're going to be chatting about all things Carlo as part of our Industry Insider uh, series and Carlo's insights for the music industry. So, Carlo, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Hello, John. Thanks a lot for having me here. I'm honored. I'm really happy to be finally on the Rock Metal Podcast. I wanted to be on the on the on the podcast since a long time, and it's great you asked me for the interview. That that's amazing. Thanks a lot. You are quite welcome, and thank you. I was just looking back. The first email I ever received from Wormhole Death was on April 29th, 2017. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's normal for us to to invest a lot of time uh, and resources uh, on uh, looking for new media, you know, because uh, we have somebody which is uh, constantly like uh, 8 9 hours per day looking for new media. And obviously when you when you created the podcast, when you started the podcast, we we saw it immediately and we contacted you as we do with all the media that uh, we think are good and uh, usually <coughs> they answer. So it's uh, it's amazing to get to know so many new people in the industry and uh, with some, we even become friends, and uh, uh, like with you, for instance, because we, we have been talking for seven, uh, 2017, so it's a, it's a long time, and uh, we believe we are friends, you know, because we know each other since a long time. Mm-hmm. And this happens with some of the media. Some of the media, we just have a professional relationship some of the media never never come back never get back but in the end uh, we spend a lot of time searching for new media because uh, it's uh, you know it's really important in our in our job to have uh, as many media as we can to promote the bands you know to promote the albums and the music so the media are the main uh, the main uh, promotional channel for the for the bands and for the for the albums. So we 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 really believe in the media. I mean, there are a lot of people who say, "Yeah, Spotify, YouTube, and blah blah blah." But yes, obviously, we invest a lot of time and money on Spotify, YouTube, and so on. But we also invest uh, a lot of time and money to get in touch with the media, sending CDs, send them CDs. And uh, sometimes even running ad campaigns uh, if we have the budget and so on, because we still believe in the media and uh, not much in the printed media because the printed magazines are really not bought anymore by people. People don't buy printed media anymore, printed magazines anymore, but uh, online is very is still very strong and we, we invest a lot of resources in this mm-hmm. kind of an interesting question is especially for anybody out there who is 
a media outlet looking to get involved uh, with a record label, such as such as in this particular case. I mean, obviously, you reached out to me, but what was it about? I guess my show or my platform, or I guess my response to your email. Like, what what was it inspiring about working with me? Well, because because the podcasts are are amazing because the podcasts are, are one of the most real media that you can uh, that, that you can work with because uh, podcast uh, delivers uh, the real ideas and thoughts and, and uh, everything is behind the music and the concept of uh, the albums and the bands because you run interviews you know real interviews so people can really understand what uh, the band stands for because for us it's really really important the message you know the message is really really important that the bands have because for us no message no album you know no message no release and uh, as long as we only sign bands with a proper message and concept it's important for us to work with the podcasts because the podcasts uh, will um, will spread the idea behind the music. So that that's why it was interesting for us to get in touch with you. And also it looked cool and uh, you already had a couple of interviews on, on it and uh, so we decided to put you in the list and uh, you answered. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, your bands don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> well, something something I I've, I've noticed over time is, um, and that's why, uh, for example, recently I had a friend who was had some had some label interests, and I recommended uh, Epictronic was because uh, over the years there's two things. Number one, uh, I haven't seen a bad band come through on any of the labels that you have, and all the bands I've chatted with have really good things to say. I've yet to hear any of the bands say something bad. So it means it means you're treating people well. You mean about us? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you say this because for us it's really, really important, the, the relationship that we have uh, with the people because we treat the musicians and the bands uh, as people, you know, because... Uh, most of the labels uh, treat the musicians as numbers, you know. They probably don't even know the name or they probably don't even know where they are from. And they just uh, send copy-paste emails and such things. So when they when, when they approach us uh, and they see it's completely different because we really, uh, we really care about uh, who they are and what they do you know mm-hmm. and uh, obviously when, when then we sign a contract it's even more because we have a, a, a close relationship with these people and uh, uh, the good thing I guess the good thing of my labels is that uh, you have uh, you have the the independent label approach the artist friendly the family approach but also you have the big network behind you know because we work with the orchard the sony music 
music and uh, Warner Chapel music, which is uh, Warner Music Group and uh, Aura Music and all these bigger companies, you know. So, and also promotion, the promotional network is also quite big. So in the end, the bands are happy because they um, have this uh, friendly relationship with a label, which is a personal relationship. We do Skype, we do telephone calls, and then they have uh, the bigger network. Because when you sign on a big label, you are just treated like a number, you know? They don't even know who you are. and They, don't, they just don't care, actually. And when you sign on a very small label, yeah, you have the very friendly approach uh, and the artist-friendly approach, but they don't have the network, they don't have the connections, and they don't have the resources to push the bands. So what we have, what we thought it was going to be good was going to keep this very friendly and family approach, but to try to give them the biggest possible network in terms of distribution and promotion, you know? Mm-hmm. So... You have the fa- the friendly label, but you also have the resources and the network. Also, if somebody's not happy, we let them go. We never, uh, we never. It, it doesn't happen often, but sometimes if there is a band which is not happy, one out of one hundred, we tell them to go, and uh, we give everything back, and we don't show the contract. We don't ask for compensations and those kind of things because we don't want uh, the people to to think that we are assholes mm-hmm. in the real life, you know? So <laughs> we want to be good even if we're the ones which are not good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, from what I heard, there are even some bands which are not uh, which are not signed to the labels anymore. They still say good things about me, you know, and that's great because... Uh, uh, it's 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 amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I read an interview from from Mechanical God Creation, which is a band that has released two albums with us, and the third album was on another label. And uh, and the, the the magazine was like, ah, tell us what what this label has much better than Wormhole Death. And Lucy answered, no, this label is really not better than Wormhole Death. We just wanted. We just wanted to try something different because the sound was different and Carlo was used to work with the technical death metal thing. Now we play a different genre, etc. And that's why we just signed on a different label. But uh, we are really happy. We, we are still ha- happy with uh, with Wormwood Death and this new label is really no better than them. So it was funny for me to read it because the journalist was already showing the fangs, you know, and say, yeah, tell me, tell me this new label is much better than Wormhole Death. And the way she answered, she basically destroyed him because he said, she said, this label is actually not better than Wormhole Death. So that was funny, but uh, it's because we are still friends with the guys. Even if we decided not to work together, no hard, uh, no hard feelings or nothing, just uh, uh, different views, different uh, sound, different ideas, and maybe in the future they can sign again, you know, mm-hmm. because the relationship is still good. Yeah. And that's what we want to do with the bands. Even if you go now, you have to try to work with the others, and then you will come back to us. That's what <laughs> happens, you know, <laughs> because I want to let them try the after two or three albums with us, I want to let them try the others. 
and then they cry, you know, because they miss me. Aww. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't happen much to be honest because when when we sign a band, we try to do long term relationships. So we try to release three, four, five albums with a band to see if we can at least push them to the next level or push them to a bigger label. That's that's what I always try, you know, with my bands to, to try to sign them to a bigger label because they would jump to the next level and we could stay as management or publisher, you know. Correct. So is that yeah? Is that just where things are now, or is that where you want to stay? That you're there to facilitate upward movement? No, no. This is what this is our this is our concept. This okay. is what we work for. Okay. We we get the very unknown bands, we try to develop them, and uh, and then we try to push them to to the to the next level. Whether it's a huge tour, whether it's a huge uh, contract, or it's a huge producer, or whatever, you know, we always try to push the bands to the next level and to push them uh, in the places that we cannot reach, you know. Mm-hmm. By your own, yeah. I don't know, like having a huge article on Kerrang, or uh, I cannot get a three-pages interview on Kerrang, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sony Music can, you know. So we always try to push the bands to to the next level. But if it, if it has to be the same label, they prefer to stay with us, you know. Right. If it has to be the same thing, you know, they don't, they don't change. Some bands change because they think that the new label will make them sell much better, much more, etc. But that's not true. I mean, uh, it's not the label that is going to make you sell. Because I have bands who have sold uh, 10,000 copies and bands who have sold, uh, I don't know, 300 copies. So it can't be me, the difference, because I do the same job for everybody. Right. What is, yeah. when you look at those, is it obvious what the difference is for any bands listening in right now who are like, man, I want to sell the 10,000 copies, not the 300 copies. What What's the difference in the band? Is it just genre? Is it the way that they have approached their production? Oh, I, I really cannot tell you because usually the best sellers are always the the bands that we didn't expect. Mm. For instance, uh, if you think of Shadow Dream, Shadow Dream, Shadow Dream is an ambient jazz band. And when uh, Rasco sent me the album, I answered him, uh, look, man, this is a metal label. You are an ambient jazz project. <laughs> what the hell are you doing on my label? And he said, I don't, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I want to I wanna release the album with you. And it was like, look, I'm not going to promise you anything. Right. I'm just going to try, but I can't promise you any success or whatever. We ended up with 29 million streams on the record and the $25,000 royalties for him. <laughs> That's how we ended up. <laughs> but John, we never fucking expected that this could be such a huge success you know mm-hmm. and all coming from us all the streaming come coming from america so how can you explain this 
there is no there isn't there is no perfect recipe for success you know mm-hmm. you just have to be real you just have to be yourself and you just have to play music because you love music not not for the money because whenever you do it for the money they will never come if you do it because uh, you are passionate you want to transfer a message then it could work and that's what i look for the people which are real you know and uh, this is uh, now shadow dream passed on epictronic because I did, at the time we didn't have epictronic so we released it on warm all that now shadow dream is on epictronic because it's a better label for them you know because okay. epictronic it's all about uh, down tempo dub jazz ambient jazz uh, electronics so it's much better label for them but at the time we we didn't have epictronic so we released the album on, on warm all that and we ended up with 29 million streams you know, and I don't even know, I don't even know how many copies they sold. It was all digital. So I don't know, probably 10,000 downloads or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, uh, and that was the most extreme album from the band because it was ambient jazz, but with a lot of noise, with a lot of, uh, contamination with industrial and such things now they are way softer they play the real jazz the real ambient jazz but at the beginning they were more extreme you know mm-hmm. so it's, it's 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 unbelievable you cannot explain yourself what is going on you just have to, to start with a promotion and see what happens right okay yeah now something that you'd kind of mentioned was um, you know, signing a band. And I know a lot of bands are looking for that. They get starry-eyed, they get glossed over. Um, but what does that mean? Sorry, can you explain me the question better? I, I, don't, I don't know what you mean. When you sign a band, what does that mean? What happens, yeah. when, you, what happens when you sign a ah, band? Okay, okay. So, sorry, sorry. Uh, oh, oh, well, there is a huge, uh, there is a, there is a huge plan which goes ahead for two years. So we start, we start planning with a band uh, from the super supervision of the credits of the CD and ending at uh, the, the last uh, promotional process, which could be, I don't know, presenting the band to the festivals after two years of pro- promotion. And, uh, and sometimes we sign the bands even earlier than that because we they send a demo. We like the demo, so we even review all the songs with them. I review all the songs. I tell them uh, how to make the songs better, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they go to the studio after around one year of pre-production with me. Then they go to the studio. Uh, I help them in the studio as well, so I visit them. I tell them change these, change that, but I'm not that kind of, uh, of, uh, Nazi producer. I'm, I'm just suggesting things. My approach is to support, support the band's ideas, not to change them, you know? Mm-hmm. So I help them in the studio and then we 
take the photos, we prepare the artwork, we prepare all the lyrics, we check all the lyrics, we check all the English pronunciation, and then, uh, <coughs> then we release the album, we announce the band, we release a, a first single, and then we start with the promotion. After eight, 12 weeks, we release the album. Usually we do first digital and then we do hard copy afterwards. And then we release in Japan, we release in the US. Now we release in South America, Australia, uh, and so on. So the promotion goes ahead, the releases uh, take place all around the world. And, uh, and afterwards, we start working on the publishing field. So we try to sell the songs into movies, uh, advertisements, video games. We present the band to endorsements. We present the band to booking agencies. We present the band to festivals. Uh, and oh, then there is a huge promotion plan inside, like uh, radio promotion, uh, college radios in the US, uh, all the Japanese promotion as well, uh, all the promotion in Europe with the media and so on. So it's a big planning that starts uh, a band with a master recorded. It lasts a couple of years. A, a band without a master recorded. So just the demos, uh, it could last even three or four years. So it's a very long process. That's why when you get the albums, they are all so good because there is a huge work behind. You know, I, I don't leave the bands alone. Never, never. I always uh, stay beside them and I tell them what is good, what is bad. You know, if the pictures are ridiculous, <laughs> let's do new <laughs> and so on. You know, I'm very critical. But, uh, they first have to tell me Carlo, be critical. Otherwise, uh, if I know that they are touchy or whatever, I just stay on the side and I wait for that and I wait for them to ask me suggestions. You know, right. everybody is different, so there is no there is no method except for the planning. The planning is the same for everybody. Okay. Cool. Well, we yeah, it's, it's a huge work. Yeah. We chatted about a lot of stuff here, Carl. We chatted about bands basically being from the heart, having a proper message, proper concept. Uh, the idea behind the labels to be an artist-friendly label with a large network, which a lot of times you get one or the other, but you don't really get both. And the last little bit here we chatted about, okay, we're talking about getting signed. A lot of bands say they want to get signed, but do they really know what it means? And so you just detailed your process anyway for uh, for signing bands. And what else we chat about? We chatted about how we've known each other now for 2021. Was that five years? Is that five years now? Uh, 17, three, uh, four... Four or five, four or five. You know what? April 29th, 2017. Today's April 29th, 2021. That's like five years to the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Five years. Wow. Bellissimo, bellissima. I don't know. Which one is it? Is it bellissimo or bellissima? No, bellissimo is uh, is correct for this case. Bellissima if it's female, you know. Okay. 
if it's female. But this situation is more a male situation because we are two guys, you know. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's just because he's saying bellissimo in a general way. Bellissima is more for a girl. Okay. For a female. Okay. Yeah. Or a bellissima cosa, una bellissima cosa. Yeah, it could work. Yeah. They are both good, man. Mm-hmm. According to how they use them. And I thank you very much for all your support. You are just amazing. You are fantastic. And uh, the Rock Metal podcast is uh, is something, is, is part of our family. And uh, we consider you part of the Worm of Death Network because you are. Oh. Grazie, signore. Actually, actually, I want to extend this to the Carlo Bellotti Publishing Network because you also help Epictronic. I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I actually still have uh, the postcard that you and Nat sent. It's over there, and I put it in the sunlight, so it's kind of faded a little bit, but I still have uh, th- the postcard. Really? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Groovy, mister. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today, Carla. Yeah, thanks to you, man. Thanks a lot, and... Uh, i was looking forward to this interview and I was waiting for you to ask me. So you did finally. <laughs> it took five, like most men it took five years, but I did. <laughs> exactly. Five years, man. Five years. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and my wife can talk about how I take five years to come around to doing anything. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> took took five years for me to marry my wife, so about that <laughs> yeah five years is a kind of a kind of a milestone for you uh, I, i see it i see that <laughs> beautiful okay well i'm gonna go ahead and hit stop